Hello and welcome to the Wise Guys Podcast. I am your host, Brady Fitzgerald, joined as always by my co-host, Chris Hagan. How you guys doing? Doing fantastic, Chris. Not going to lie. We'll get to it in College Corner. I'm sure if you follow me on Twitter, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, I probably insanely (laughs) flooded your feed, which I apologize. But actually, I don't. I don't apologize. I apologize to absolutely no one. Um, But let's get started with the NFL. Let's get this out of the way. I want to have be able to breathe, you know, without having the looming NFL over my shoulder. So I'm going to have the Gamecocks go second. I'm an honorable man. I can allow them to go second. I appreciate that. I'm sure the listeners do too. Yeah, they want to hear so they want to hear the recap of the divisional games. So, let's get right to it. We did pretty well for ourselves. We knew I, it was too way too good to be true on our wise picks wise. Definitely the best week that we've had in the playoffs. I think. I feel like usually we we struggle a little bit, but we we didn't overthink it. You know, like we mm-hmm. we went with three of the four favorites. Didn't like that, but worked out. Yeah, and uh, I feel like, like the the wheels started churning where we were going to start like telling ourselves the other way, mm-hmm. and then we were responsible enough to put our foots down and okay, we're not going to overthink this. Yeah, we. I mean, we underthought. We underthought Mahomes, which we said on the pod we were going to do. We said we were going to underthink yes. Mahomes. Uh, we 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 knew that Mahomes was going to be looking at us. Uh, come today and just be sitting there laughing. If you're watching this on YouTube, mm-hmm. or you see this on YouTube or see one of our Twitter posts or Instagram posts, it's going to be Mahomes laughing. And uh, that's just, I mean, we called it. We knew how it was going to be. We knew how it was going to end up. We rode with the Bills anyways. Let's just start out with that game. Let's just start out with that game. Okay. It's our one loss. Let's, I, I think that's fair. We're, we, we, we earned to start with this game. Yeah. The, there were so many mistakes late in the fourth quarter for this Buffalo Bills team. It's hard to, it's hard to point out like one specific play that screwed them over. Honestly, in this last quarter drive, um, they had many of Josh Allen's misses. Um, Tony Romo's out there saying he's getting hit when he's just getting tapped by his offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Um, then it goes down. It comes down to the kicker. Should have never been come down to the kicker. They talked about it all game how no one could kick in these f- conditions. How so? How the field position was going to matter because the kickers can't kick on one side of the field, and it ends up in the hands of Tyler Ass, and he misses the kick. Ride wide right, just as the Bills always. Are we? Can we talk real quick about what a dickhead Jim Nance is? Yeah. Okay. Wait. Wait. I need. I didn't. I didn't hear that. I'm sorry. I didn't know what you're talking about. So in the he. Like, when Bass comes out, Nance is like, McDermott has been saying all week, like, how much confidence he has in this guy. And he missed a couple kicks last week. But he said that if he's get if he gets put in a, a big spot this week, that they have full confidence in him. And this is, like, leading right up until he kicks the ball. I was like – I even said it out loud. I was like, this is such a bad jinx. Like, what are we doing here, Jim Nance? And then just shanks it. I was like, what? It, like, come on, man. That is that's an ultimate. I get like if you were to just say like McDermott is gonna have confidence in him, he said he would. But like the, he literally said, like, if there is a big spot, he has one hundred percent confidence in him. <laughs> I, do you think Jim Nance <laughs> had money on the? Okay. Do you think he had money on the Chiefs? He's like, I know, I know what he I need have. to do. 
if I had money on the Chiefs, I would be like, oh, there's no way he misses this game. Yeah. Like, this is guaranteed going in. He never misses these. They But it was it was horrible. I felt so bad. The guy and then they just they pan over to the guy crying on the sideline. Uh and they, they show him for a good solid twenty seconds. That would not be my initial react like my initial reaction would just be like shock. Yeah. I don't think I would speak or move for at least like five, ten minutes. Especially because it's so cold too. Just be frozen in place. <laughs> like this. <laughs> so Mahomes and the Chiefs do it yet again in the playoffs against the Buffalo Bills. The they had so many mistakes too. Like they were giving this game away to the the Bills. They the Bills had every opportunity to take this game. And oh man. And they just couldn't get it done. My question is if he makes that kick. That's, that's why I feel like if he makes that kick, is there too much? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yes. It was over a minute left, wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Like, there was way too much. And it's, yeah, it would not have mattered. So that's why the kick, like, yes, it's a devastating way to lose because the game was over right in that second. But you know damn well that they get the ball back and they're going to I was going to say, you know what else would have been devastating? Another 13 seconds of Mahomes driving down the field immediately. <laughs> and it's like, and it would be like two plays and it'd be like, shit, they're in field goal range. So now the game's over already. Now they're just running out of clock. <laughs> yeah. It'd be almost even a worse death. Yeah. But, uh. Yeah, right. It was. Would you rather a, a bullet to the head or five to the chest and bleed to death? <laughs> they got the ball on. I think they got like they got the bullet to the head. <laughs> I think they got the guillotine. They're like you're, they lined them up. They ready to go. Boosh! Ended their season right then and there. <laughs> what yeah, do you do if was, you're the Bills? It, I was pretty upset and like. I'm not even, I don't really care that much. I was like, man, that's, that'd be the worst. And I sent out the tweet that was like, I honestly, like, I wouldn't trade positions. No, I wouldn't like, want I'd to be a Bills be fan. i my sorry-ass team than them. Yeah. This is what, like, year four or five in a row where they've been legitimate Super Bowl contenders and they lose to the Chiefs every time. Yep. And it's... Or the bank. It's, uh, and it's always, they always have a great offseason, always have the best acquires. Um, Diggs never had his game. He actually had a big drop in the late in the yeah, late fourth like the quarter. Yeah, where I like I was like, this is it. This is the play. That it looked like that ball traveled <laughs> two hundred yards in the air, and it lands perfectly <laughs> in his hands, and it just pops right out. And this is a team that they like. They always like it, it, you don't. I wouldn't bring up the cold if they didn't say like a couple years ago like that's where we want to play like you're at home it's in the cold why can why can Stefan Diggs never do anything in the cold why is that no the I I think honestly like do you do you move on from Diggs and try to get something better or you move you get other pieces around Diggs it's definitely possible I mean he's I think he just turned 30 I mean, he might be 31, so like he's getting up there, and he's got a huge contract. Um, I'd say you don't want to put yourself in a chief situation where you have no receivers, but also they the just beat them in the AC Championship, right? Now, so. Them, yeah. <laughs> so I guess it it doesn't matter that much, apparently. Um, just for like a change of scenery and like change of vibes, it might be like something has to change. 
Yeah, something definitely has to like change. If they roll out that same team next year, I guarantee you they're still losing to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I, I don't know what, what they have to do to, to to change up this team, but I do think if the, if you move on from Diggs, you kind of get you gotta get the the like the stigma out of there. Whatever the diva talk is, whether it's real or not, whether there's smoke, there's fire. There's gotta be something. Um, we've heard it like every all season that he's unhappy. Uh, we see it on the sidelines. We mm-hmm. see it in the game. Um, might as well just like if you can get anything for him, might as well just try to ship him out, right? I guess so. I mean, he's like he's objectively in decline at this point. Like, this was the worst season he's had since uh, his rookie or second year. He hasn't had a 100-yard game since, I think, I think October. Maybe November. Yeah, it's been forever. But it's been a long time. It hasn't been in 2024. And you're right. Something has to change. They kind of figured out the run game. Uh, they didn't like they didn't use it too much. I mean, they actually, no, nah, they used the run game pretty well, honestly, in this game. And... I don't, I don't know. They, 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 they figured that out. That was their biggest weakness last year. Now they fix that, and there's still another problem. And it's, maybe it's coaching. It's I game mean, management. Be, like, I don't know. Like, Josh Allen didn't me, even do the bonehead no play. Narrative. Yeah, but he was bad on that last drive. Like, the last couple plays. Yeah, he was like terrible. This, I think it was the second down play when he could have just taken that, like, the underneath route yep. to Diggs and instead went for the end zone. And the next play was like the same thing, but he put himself in that situation because he didn't take like they would have had like a third and four probably. Like you honestly run the ball twice and get it, and then keep chewing that clock down. Um, yeah, the clock was in their favor. I don't know why they took end zone shots. I don't know either. Is it like these guys are just, they're frauds? They're total frauds. And we said it last year when they lost at home, like fraud Allen. I like Josh Allen, but. He consistently does not get it done in big moments in January. No, and it's always, like, he, if you look at the stats, like, he, he filled the stat sheet, you know? He, he didn't have a turnover. He played, he got only 30 yards less than Mahomes. He had 72 yards rushing, two touchdowns on the ground. And, and you're right, those la- that last drive, he was the one who messed it up. He didn't take the underneath route. He he took a bunch of stupid end zone shots and completely wasted that opportunity that they had late in the game. There's there's a reason that the Chiefs are so hard to beat, and that's because every time Mahomes gets the ball in a big spot, you know that they're gonna score. And you know well, every and you time. know they're not gonna royally mess it up. Like they had royal mess ups in this game still. Like they had the the fumble out of the end zone, my favorite rule. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not, he, yeah, we're not gonna. Uh, and then the last drive they finally made him punt for the first time in the whole game so they the defense did their i mean i guess the defense didn't do the fumble out of the end zone but uh the defense held him when they needed to that's what i'm talking about with the narratives like the glazing of patrick mahomes it's like yeah like i get it he's he's never not played in the afc championship which is ridiculous but this was the bills game to win that they lost and that's to me that's more that's the story. That's a bigger deal than, like, Mahomes is unbeatable. Like, he was beatable. You had him beat. Yeah. And, like, the, like, they choked this away. And that might be hard to hear. Like, I don't want, as a Bills fan, you shouldn't be, like, sitting at home crying about how you have to play Patrick Mahomes every year. Like, you should be upset at your guy. 
I'm not saying that like they should move on from him or anything. No, but they there the needs to be there almost needs to be any something. alternative is worse. But yeah, it's that was self inflicted. I agree, and I think Buffalo fans are kind of starting to realize that. Maybe not with the Josh Allen specifically, yeah. but with the the coach and just the way the team is every January. Uh, they have Von Miller to a massive six year deal. He's 34 years old and didn't record a sack. Yeah, that's. And had like a warrant out for his arrest. And and he had, I think he had like three healthy scratches. He had combined this whole year. He had yeah, three, three tackles, <laughs> three combined tackles, one assisted tackle. So they they could be in some cap hell pretty soon, because the Josh Allen extension's hitting. Stefan yeah, Diggs is a big number. I wonder what like the opt outs are. I, I I'm sure, and that, yeah, that could be another reason why they move on from Diggs because. Yeah, because they got to pay a bunch of old guys on the defense. On contracts. It was crazy next year. And their defense is old. Yeah. They're old and they're injured. I mean, they got injured. It felt like every week they got injured. Uh, This, especially. Weren't they missing like three linebackers this week? That was the Dolphins. I don't remember. At least two. But I think so. No, the Bills were too. And this is when it matters. This is when you need those guys healthy and you need the younger, faster guys to, you know, to be able to play. Um, I don't know what they do next offseason. I don't know how you run it back, though, with Diggs and Allen and just running, like, just completely running it back. I don't know how you do that. But something's got to change in Buffalo. And hopefully they should be a fun, interesting offseason team. Yeah. Or it could just be they really don't do anything. And they're just like, well... We're the two seed. We'll just try it again next year. That's what the Cowboys do. Which, I mean, it's <laughs> what the Cowboys do. Well, no, but like sometimes the cat, like the Cowboys went and got CD Lamb, um, like Parsons. Like they've added pieces. Like it's not it's not the exact same team, and they'll have years where like they're bad. That's true. You know, like the Cowboys have had their fair share of. Yeah, but in this past like four years, they're both they've both just been twelve year teams. Right. They're yes. twelve win teams right. Yeah, since since McCarthy took over, they've been the same team. Alright. Are we ready to move on to the I guess we'll go backwards chronologically and we'll go to the Lions. Okay. Yeah, not in your head. Are you <laughs> sure? I thought you were just gonna start. Okay. <laughs> uh Lions are in their first NFC championship. Since when? Do we know? Do you know the stat? I don't know the stat. 91? 91, you said? It's 91. 1991. So 30 plus years. And, I mean, Baker Baker played well until he turned into Baker right at the end. He had, he played, I mean, they had a pretty decent game, the Bucks. The Lions were, they were, it was neck and neck the whole time. The Lions took it away at the end. It was kind of a gross game for a while, really. Yeah, it was a little sloppy. Um, but what okay. made me really worried for the Lions. That's what I was about to say. I kind of like we we did the whole Bills thing, but like the Bucks don't interest me as much as the Bills do next season. So um, let's just talk about the Lions and their matchup against the the Niners. The, well, the Bill, like the Bucks, there was no, there's no expectations. Like they no, this is a be in the playoffs at all. Yeah, this is a cherry on top. Like, if anything, it's a good like. Yeah, congrats to Baker. Like, yeah, he probably himself. earned himself a deal next year with the same team, 
Todd Bowles, congrats. They did it. They didn't call timeout at the end when they could have and forced the lines upon. At least had like two seconds to try to score. That was weird. That was weird. Um, but they were playing outside. And it was so cold. Yeah, Todd Bowles got confused. He thought he was outside. <laughs> um. <clears throat> All right, coming up against the, the Niners. I know we're doing the preview on Friday, but the, this, this line's defense really scared me. They allowed 408 yards against, against the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. I and, mean... And what, what scares me... Not like, nah, quite garbage time, but like they were up two touchdowns. They're probably like playing back a little bit. Okay. I get that. That's, that's one drive. But what scares me specifically is that Mike Evans woke up and was able to wake up against this defense. Because if Mike Evans is able to wake up, I mean, we got to see if Debo's healthy, but there's a lot, there, yeah. there's competent weapons comparable to Mike Evans on a lot of comparable uh, weapons on this 49ers team. Kittle, uh, Debo, Ayuk even, and then of course, Christian McCaffrey. So like, if their top playmaker, and it's just Mike Evans, can get this, he have this type of game, and what is what is one what is one of these guys going to do against this Lions defense? Yeah, no, I don't, I don't trust them at all, and that's kind of been the thing the whole year with them. Like, I remember at the beginning of the season, we were like, this is like they're a scrappy team, they're going to play good defense, like and run the ball and win games, and then all of a sudden they just weren't. And it was like this team was every game they were going to play in was a shootout. And it's just been like this roller coaster ride with their defense. And they held their own against Stafford. Um, the wheels were kind of starting to come off towards the end of this game. Um, I'm pretty concerned about next week against that offense. Not at your place. I think they're, I think they're in trouble. I honestly, and yeah, they're not, they're not in a dome. They're, they're going to have to face some sort of elements. Uh, hopefully, hopefully not rain, because I don't trust either of these guys with rain. I don't trust uh, Purdy or Goff with rain. So if it is, it's going to be a slop fest. Um, I guess talking real quick about this game, the one thing we can, can deeply an- analyze and debate a little bit, the two-point conversion at the end. All right, I'm glad you're shaking your head. There's- no, you okay. can't matter. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know. But I'm saying, like, is that the right decision? I don't know. Like, I don't think, like, <laughs> I personally, I wouldn't do it. But I understand that, like, I don't think it's flawed reasoning. Like, I would rather take the point there and then, if you get the chance at the end of the game, and you went try to win it all in one play. That's what I would do, but I like I understand that what is it like fifty two percent of the time you get the two point conversion, so I uh, the analytics always just tell you to go for it. Does it ever tell you not to go for it? Yeah. It's not even analytics either. Like it's just like unless analytics is just basic probability. I think analytics is basic probability. It's also like I don't know if you can I don't know if you can just apply that to two drives though. No, you have to. You're putting what years analytics and years yeah. worth of like of plays, and you're like applying that to two plays. Well, in the and playoff game like that's where to me it's like all right. Ba- know, what's, 
how it works. Analytics doesn't account for it. It's like, is your quarterback Baker Mayfield? Is your running back Rashid White? Um, what yeah. what like, kind of do play? Do you have a play that this yeah. defense has never seen before? Yeah. And it's almost a guarantee, like Palomalu and the C-gap. Yeah, exactly. Like, do you have one of those plays? Yeah, that's where analytics do, really has to come in. It's more than a 50% chance, but I don't, yeah. That's, the, that's where I get a little bit bothered by the football analytics. And it's like, it's not, I'm not bothered that they're a part of the game. I'm bothered by the broadcast that just flips it up there. That's like, oh, it's fourth and four or less. And ESPN says, go for it. Yeah, and the announcers are like, I don't know, Jim. I don't know if they should go for it or not. And it's like, all right. But like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just normalize every single play. Like, all the plays are so different. And I don't know if they, like, I'm sure the, the guys in the front offices have ways to like account for for things like that and it's not just like not just i mean i would hope so like a spreadsheet out go yeah i would hope so but like i feel like that's what espn probably does oh. like all right we have this many two-point conversions like they hit it 54 percent. so you should go for and the other thing is by that logic why don't you just go for two every single time that's the that's the other thing that i don't understand about the down 14 why it's such a thing there like if you're hitting more than 50 percent of the time then your expected points when you score a touchdown would be like 7.1 yeah if you're saying that you get two points more often than you don't right yeah no like, i'd probably be higher than 7.1 right apply, oh i guess 7.1 no no yeah, yeah no no yes, 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 yes get right, it right, it's right. eight if you don't yeah, yeah, six yeah. i got you it's a slim margin like your expected points if you kick the extra point every time is probably like six point nine eight. Yeah, because you miss extra points sometimes and you never have the chance. Yeah, so to technically you're right. You should just go for it every time. According I, to analytics, like I could be, I could be missing something, but that's the way I see it. So if you like, that's that's the flaw. I don't know why. It's like, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> I guess it's like a little bit nerdy. So I, I appreciate stuff like that. But like, if you want to apply that model of probability. That's how it has to work out, right? I don't right? think you should. That's how it should work. Like, yeah. You, it I know what you're saying. On every single place to get the most, um, I guess, like events, samples. No. It has to be a large enough amount of plays to have it work out in your favor. That's the point. Yeah, a large sample size. Is, like it, it's not that crazy to miss two <laughs> two point conversions in a row. Two two point conversions. That's tough to say. Two two. We take a drink. Yeah, but yeah. All right. I I like. Uh, we're gonna move on after that. That was a great uh a great wise wise <laughs> like a wise analysis there. Um, I like him at work. <laughs> <laughs> okay what about the Lions offense how do you think they can match up against the, the San Francisco 49ers defense do you have any analytic stacks to compete I think no I don't <laughs> uh, I think if they run the football they're going to be able to score points I think, I think their only shot in the game is to get up early like if, you get, if you get the Niners playing from behind you have a chance but I think if they come out and they punt and then give them a touchdown drive, I think they're screwed. I think their running like, attack, run if they can, if you're right, if they can establish a run early, uh, not mess with have, having to deal with Jared Goff that first drive, 
uh, and really stick it to him, I think you'd run on this Niners defense. I, I don't know how well you can pass on him, but I, I mean the Packers I think, showed it last week. Yeah, I think you can you can run on this Niners defense. Um, Aaron Jones went for what one eight one oh eight for off eighteen carries, six yards per carry. I mean the the Packer or the the Lions backs have both been excellent all season and have been a staple when they have won games. So I think if you're Dan Campbell, it's a no brainer to start off this, this game with uh with a lot of runs. And they're like Ben Johnson's smart. So hopefully oh, that's your, what he'll do. Because yeah, because he's gonna be your future head coach. Well, I mean, like, even if he wasn't, like he's He's a genius. His offense has been I mean, he is a genius. When he but, saves Washington um, next year, he'll prove it. <laughs> They've also been a top five offense the last two years and they're playing for an NFC championship. So like you don't just get there by being stupid. They they know what they're doing. They know how to game plan. Like I would I would have full that is the one thing. Like I have full faith in this coaching staff to have a game plan that is going to work. It's just a matter of like they're clearly less talented. Yeah. And you're gonna have to have a couple things bounce your way. Have a real chance in this game. Who like if you're not if you're not from California, like who in the world is possibly rooting for? San Francisco 49ers. I mean, I mean, maybe Pat. Like, do you think Packers Rizzo, fans even care? Green Bay and Chicago. I bet Vikings um, fans care. I don't Chicago know. probably I mean, cares. Chicago cares. Big, I know Big Cat cares. Doesn't want him to win. Vikings. The Vikings I mean, care. Like, if it was the Giants, like if the Giants hadn't won, been to an NFC Championship in thirty years, and they were playing the 49ers, I would be wearing. I'd be buying a 49ers jersey. Oh, really? If it was the Jets against the Chiefs. Oh, hell yeah. Unless it was Rodgers. If it was the Jets against the Chiefs, I think I'd root for the Jets. Just, I mean, like, I have no ill ill will. But, like, I wouldn't root for the Dolphins. With the Chiefs? Well, no, I I got no. No, I don't really have a problem with the Chiefs, but I was just comparing it to if it was the 49ers, which is not the the case. You know? Well, the 49ers and the Chiefs are. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess so. But, like, I, I was just saying in a scenario where everyone would be rooting for one team besides right, yeah, okay. this one specific group, I would be rooting also for the Jets in that scenario, unless it was Aaron Rodgers. Gotcha. Honestly, yeah, I think more people might root for the Chiefs than the Aaron Rodgers Jets. That, that would actually be, I would actually be, that would, I mean, that would be like the NFL dream, wouldn't it? Finally get Rodgers back in the end, in the championship, and then Taylor Swift's on the other yeah, side. Sure. Him and uh, him and Travis Kelsey are shooting up needles on the sidelines. Yeah. <laughs> well, Travis Kelsey is. He's not. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, he's doing some other needles. It's just ayahuasca. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> some sort of hallucinogen needle. <laughs> How do we get to this topic? Anyways, anyway, um, <laughs> I am rooting for the Lions. Yeah, long story short, I think everyone sh- should be rooting for the Lions. Uh, yeah, like, okay, I, w- I could get it if you're a Minnesota fan because they've also been cursed. And if you're in the division, I would not root for them. But I don't know how other divisions are with that. So how does the Packers do it? Like, are the Packers fa- – because they just beat – like, the Niners just beat them. So, like, are they not rooting for the guys who beat them or now rooting for – I mean, why are we even talking too much? Um, I would still be rooting for the 49ers, but I don't know. And you're right. It doesn't. 
I'm curious as to what Packers. I work with the Packers fan. I'll, I'll ask him. Yeah, get some data. Well, I'll go try to find some Packers fans, and we'll we'll get some data. Um, in thirty for it to be representative. What'd you say? We need thirty. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's points. a good. Sa- yeah, that's a good sample size. We'll see, and that'll be a general statistic for every Packers fan in the world. Yes, that works. Um, it is greater than or equal to thirty. That's what I learned in school. <laughs> All right, where did we we I, we got so sidetracked on that. Um, we were talking about the Lions, uh, like we, Packers. How about that? Yeah, let's just talk about that game now that we're talking about it. Uh, Jordan Love is Brett Favre, and I think in that case he's also Aaron Rodgers. Um, I mean, this is he does make throws that remind me of Rodgers. Like there was one throw he makes great throws. Yeah, you know which drive it was, but it was when it looked a lot like the Rodgers one to Jared Cook when they were playing against the Cowboys in the playoffs. And he made that throw with like five seconds left, and they kicked the field goal and won. Yeah, okay. he made a throw like that. It wasn't as long, but it was like same deal. Like he got flushed out and had to throw across his body down the sideline. I saw that. I was like, oh, "That's eerie." His uh, his cross body work, his out of pocket work. Anytime he's like flustered or kind of rushed, he uh, he knows what he's doing, and it it, it kind of he, bit it, it bit him in the butt right at the end because the Niners figured out what he was doing and picked him off right on that last drive. But that was that was the park moment. Yeah, yeah. No, did you see the replay where I don't remember it was him against the him on the Vikings against the Saints. And mm-hmm. it's the exact same play. The end of the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's the exact same play. Um, this oh, that is... one was worse because they were tied. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. At least they were down in this game. Like, you can live with throwing a, a pick when you're down. Yeah, because at least you're trying to keep the tied. game alive when you're, you know. Yeah. The, the, I mean, this has been, talk about cherry on top season. This has been an excellent season for the Packers. They they have they they fired their defensive coordinator. I think that's already a great start. Um, they need to get. I thought that he might be safe after the last couple of weeks. Nah, he's out. Yep. Uh, it seemed like Jair Alexander no. <laughs> put like a a weird little seemed like a farewell. Yeah, post farewell to Lambo, so he might be gone. It seems like this defense is going to look different. It needs to look different. Uh. It needs to it needs to be be a little bit better than how, as it's been. I mean, they they held Brock Purdy, but it seemed like that was kind of a on Brock Purdy type of deal. Then their defense doing anything out of the extraordinary. Um, I hate this light man. I look like a ghoul. But uh, <laughs> you, you look like a ghoul. Yes, dude. For a second, it was like I was like white. I was like Jesus. <laughs> you just looking at me and thinking of ghoul now. That's pretty blinding. Yes, it's blinding. No, I was is just it giving you a headache about my life? Not yet, but it's like hurting my eyes a little bit. This is like I don't know what to do with it. I guess I can turn it down. I think we're the ADHD oh, guys today. Which is how is all you? We're going. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, look, I'm, we're going all over the place. That's okay. Cool boy. <laughs> all right, I might have to cha- turn on the light. Now I definitely need to turn on. Let me fix something real quick. This is on you. You talk about the Packers game for a second. I mean, like, they couldn't get to Purdy at all. Like, I know, I'm sure everyone's seen that the clip where 
he drops back and he like he has time to wipe his hands on his jersey, which like also his jersey was probably wet too, so I'm not sure how much that helped him. But that is just a testament to like how much time he had to throw the whole game and Yeah, but like I don't know, who are their other pass rushers other than Preston Smith? Uh like, no one of note. Kind of no, there no one of note really. They, they have uh they drafted, I mean, they drafted uh, Lucas Van Ness. Van they drafted uh, Quay Walker, who was supposed... I mean, he's like middle linebacker-ish. Quay so. Walker, yeah. Um, they, Devontae Wyatt, I'm pretty sure, was from Georgia. Is one of their recent draft picks. And Rashawn Gary from Michigan, who has done nothing. Those guys are all supposed mm-hmm. to be pass rushers. And, uh, they're all names. Yeah, yeah they're all names that you've heard of. It. Especially he's of... a good player. Especially in like their college days, you've heard these names. But they're not... Mm-hmm. They haven't been performing great on the field, and they do need an overhaul. I feel like of kind of the whole defense, like just get it, kind of redo it, you know. Fresh. I start. feel like if you just if you put like one impact pass rusher on this team, I feel like that changes everything. That's true. Like you put like a Max Crosby on this team, I feel like they could tear, yeah, which is a lot to ask for. Yeah, but like you have, um, you have Brian Burns, you have Josh Allen in free agency. Like those could be bits here. Like I've that. seen a billion. Dude, I have not them trading for John Allen or uh, Jonathan Allen. I didn't know. Uh, I did see that, but I did not realize that his I, that Brian Burns is a free agent. I actually, I've, I haven't heard him going to the Packers. I really like that. I think that would be a great, great. That's a that's a good wise offseason take. I love it. It's starting <laughs> early. Um, uh, I think they're gonna have to pay Jordan Love though, right? That could complicate their their free agency. Is this was he on the fifth year this year? Uh, I don't know. I think next year it might be his fifth year. Remember this year they did a. I got my ass. Didn't they do like a half-ass extension this year? No, no. I guess. Uh, I think. How the hell? What am? How am I? What am I looking at here? These I hate looking at the like the salary mm. websites. They're so confusing. I don't understand it. Okay, he's an unrestricted free agent in twenty five. This year he will be playing on his. Yeah, he got an extension last off season. Yep. So it, all right, so he's got he's getting paid twenty two million this year. So this is the extension talks. So it's kind of it's like pre free agency. Oh. So. They, there has been in talks, I've heard, of making him the highest paid quarterback, which just is how it has to be, which is very annoying. I hate how that how it has to be. Like, why does that have to be like that? But also, like, I feel like the quarterback should, should stand up and be like, you should actually pay us less. That's we what I'm wanna, saying. We want to make things work. We want to win for the team. And, like, they – if This was the thought that I had on the trade this morning. I was like – why doesn't like Josh Allen say, actually, can you just reduce my cap hit to like 30 million? Like that we have 15 extra million to play with. Like, even that he's still the highest played player on the team by 10 million bucks a year. Like, I'm sure he's fine. I know. And it's, it's funny when you like, of course we're not talking about our money. So, and we're talking about losing $15 million, but the, I mean, this is a classic take that is, easy to to pull up and it's easy to say because it's so common but it's so it makes so much sense is that tom brady did this all the time did this every single year he took cap hits and 
everyone's like, oh, he always played with a stacked defense. He always had good receivers. Or I mean, he never actually played with a stacked defense. He had a couple of good seasons. But Randy Moss. Yeah, I know. He didn't win with them. But anywho, uh, he had good players on his team because he took less money to get those good players. That And I also, if you're looking at it, like when Brock Purdy's extension comes up and it's like they have to make him the highest paid quarterback of all time, like Brock Purdy, he already said that Christian McCaffrey is the MVP. He should go up and be like, I'm not as more, I'm not as valuable as Mahomes. Don't pay me as much as Mahomes. I would rather, <laughs> like, if you're, if I'm Brock Purdy, I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'd rather play with Debo and Ayuk and Christian McCaffrey and Kittle than play with, yeah, than have all this just, <laughs> yeah, than just be the best, the highest paid quarterback of all time. Um, yeah, you just show up and be like, yeah, just pay me what you pay, Christian. We're set. Yeah. Yeah, we're good to go. Um, yeah, and if like, and you can still, as you said, you can still command to be the highest paid player on the team and still give up a part of their salary that they're getting now. Good sum of money. Yeah. I'm looking at Brady's old contracts. He never got paid more than $25 million. That's insane to think about nowadays. Because Watson is what? Getting like, Watson is getting like 50 million. Yes. Like, it's, it's baffling. Um, It's something you got to do though in the business. But, I I mean, I would really, like if you're, if you got like a good, if you got a good head of shoulders on the guy, I'd be like, I'd sit down with him if I'm the GM. I'd be like, look, would you rather have this group? I'd I'd lay it out. Would you rather have these five players or 15 million extra bucks? Yeah, little little what if analysis. Yeah. Um, look, we're we're hitting everything today, aren't we? Let's just start talking about some more on contracts. We'll uh, some, yeah. Can we get a solicitation in here? <laughs> That's what I'm really itching for. <laughs> Let me get some purchase orders, change orders, uh, maybe. Do a little uh, cost as an independent variable <laughs> study, real quick. Classic. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mahomes' cap hit this year was $57 million. Next year, it's $60 million. Okay, but what the, the, Chiefs, what the Chiefs did is they, they paid Patrick Mahomes all that and then got rid of the high-paying wide receiver. So then they could beef up the offensive line. And then they could beef up the defense. And may, they don't have that awesome receiver. Right, but they also drafted really well. Well, Yeah. Sometimes you got to get lucky, right? <laughs> like you could do all the smart things and not draft the right players and you can be screwed every time. But yeah. you, uh, you, you, got, you do got to get lucky. I'll give you that. Um, and they haven't gotten lucky with any of their replacements for Tyree Kill. So the... Yes. But they also probably decided like we don't really need, like we, we love having him, but he's also a luxury. That's exactly what they decided. We're already getting up. Well, and what they saw is when they lost the Super Bowl, they were like, great, our wide receiver's wide open by five yards, but no one can get in the ball because he's getting tackled every time. So mm-hmm. it, they, they traded him. Like they, they, got, they traded him and then beefed up their line every single year or every offseason since. So, and, and like, but again, if Mahomes. They don't get enough credit. That's a side note. But that offensive line is not getting enough credit. Yeah, that like he'll be worst was the the Dolphins game. The announcing was so so bad. It was freaking Jason Garrett, and like he would have ten seconds in a clean pocket, and then he would like run out and make a play. And Jason Garrett was like, "Look at him! Like when the pocket collapses, 
Like, he's just, he's such a great playmaker. No one does it like him. I'm like, dude, he had so much time in that pocket. And, like, these guys, these poor linemen, now it makes it seem like they gave him no time, and he had to, like, run out and make a play. So, I just, shout out to Chiefs O-line. They need some. Yeah, definitely. And, but I was just thinking about it. Like, the argument that I just put with the Tyree Kill, getting rid of him for that money, if Mahomes takes... 25 less million dollars and wants to make 27 million dollars a year instead of 52 or 50 or whatever that that makes it like 62 i did the math wrong but he wants to take like 15 less maybe they could still afford a tyree kill or maybe they could have gotten a deandre hopkins this offseason um i don't know but going back to where this conversation started jordan love getting the contract extension is something they need to worry about in the near future i would let him I would let him play out. I'm always in that camp is let him play out. Um, worst case scenario, like mm-hmm. someone could offer him a boatload of money in free agency. You can just match that like what you're going to do this offseason anyways. And I'm sure he's going to want to stay where he's mm-hmm. good instead of leaving for quote unquote green. Like what only a bad team's going to offer him a contract. So no good team already. Every good team has a quarterback. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's not. He's not going anywhere. He's not. He definitely doesn't want to leave Lafleur. No, that's why he should. They should. They should let him. They should let him ride out the contract. All right. Now let's talk about the future Super Bowl champ. Baltimore We're covering Ravens. all bases today. No, oh, we're hitting everything, and we. It's been forty-one minutes. Uh, this Kentucky game is going to take another forty-one. So, buckle, buckle I feel up. Like the, uh, as an NFL team, you need a really good cap guy. I mean, yeah. Like a guy who can manipulate your cap space. Yeah, who, whoever the Rams and the Saints talk. have. Let's get whoever the Rams and the Saints have. They, no, the Saints guy yeah. needs to go. Like, they, they have no cap space. No, but they hit. No, he manipulates the cap. Every year, it's like they have no cap space last year. And it's like, oh, they signed, they signed uh, Derek Carr to a $100 million deal. How'd they, have, how'd they do that? I don't know. Yeah. They just did it. <laughs> they just ended up doing it. Um, I don't, the Chiefs guy must be great, too. Yeah, like they have Mahomes and Kelsey and Chris Jones on like longest deals. And Chris Jones is like the highest paid defensive tackle in the league, I think, outside of Donald. Yeah, didn't they have a whole cap situation this offseason? Didn't he miss the first game? Probably, but yeah, he did. He was holding out, but then he got paid. Yeah, yeah, you're right. All right. Anyway, let's go on to the Ravens, the future Super Bowl champs. The I mean, they, they, had a, they had a slow, sluggish first half, uh, but they, they got rolling in the, the second half and late in the second, and late in the second half. I mean, Lamar Jackson, he got the monkey off his back. He, he played amazing. I'll give, him his, I'll give him his flowers. Like, if anyone here, um, like, I, they, I got nothing left to say besides you got to go win the Super Bowl now. I mean, like, maybe not got it. Maybe you don't have to win the Super Bowl, but, like, you're, you're there. Yeah, you do. You think it's a must yeah. win? I think it's a must win this year for the Ravens. Yeah, why wouldn't it be? Well, I mean, like, this is, it's their year to lose. This is like year, what, like five or six. <clears throat> like, they're not, I don't think they're going to settle for winning the AFC. That's true. I don't think they'd settle for anything right now. Like, it's not, it's not a season where, like, in July, you look back and you're like, well, like, that was a great run. No, we did, we came up short, like. Great season overall. You're going to say, great season, but we failed. That's what they'll say. 
That's fair enough. I mean, they they're they're poised. They're they're having the AFC Championship at home. Um, let's talk about this game against the Texans real quick. CJ Stroud. I mean, he he got locked up. Their wide receivers got locked up. No one could really get anything going. The Ravens' defense is way better than I thought they were. I'm not going to lie. Way better than I thought they were. Uh, I thought their cornerback situation was going to be really iffy this this week. Um, I thought their pass rush has always been a little mediocre. But that, that Matabuke, I don't remember what his first name is, but uh, the big boy in the middle for the Ravens, that guy – he somehow rushes a passer from the detackle spot that I haven't seen in a long time. That guy could get sex. I feel like all the time. Um, but they were getting after CJ Stroud. They weren't actually sacking him a lot, but they were getting after him. And there's nothing. I mean, talk about a gravy team and a cherry on top team. This is another one. Like they, we had three teams that could have lost last week. And it was like, all right, it's all right. We had a good season. And all three of them did. They ended up losing, but they had, uh, it was three almost like happy to be there guys. Yes. For, for 30 minutes, it didn't feel like that. No. I love the Texans. No. And when, when looking back in hindsight at this game, it's easy to like, it's easy to be like, well, their only, their only scoring play was the punning, the, the punt, the Steven Sims, right. Washington commander legend. Uh, punt return. The team, actually. you're right. You're right. He was a football teamer. Um, but that was the only that was only the only big play they they really got all half when you look at it. Um, and it, it was yeah they had one like okay drive that led to a field goal. And I guess they had a missed field goal too. And I think the, I think it kind of woke up Lamar. Like all right, we got to score some points. Yeah. That- Screenshot. Yeah, the screenshot of him looking at the, the that's a great that's a great photo of Lamar just <laughs> like mean mugging the world almost. And as I said earlier, I mean he 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 got his flowers. He did it all. Um yeah. he was effective on the ground, he was effective in the air. Um Isaiah likely for them just had one of the nastiest touchdowns. It it was I like they they kept the fact that they they can just get a guy like that. They didn't even have to start Mark Andrews. Like, they got him back from the IR. Most teams are just like, yeah. let's desperately get him. Uh, I've been calling them to get Zach Ertz this whole time. He signed with the Lions for, um, for this week, and they never got him. They never want another guy. They use their other tight ends, too. Nope. Um, one guy's name's like Conch or whatever. Like, they, 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 they throw to these backup guys, too. So, they, they like the guys on their – oh, Kolar. That's what it is. Charlie Kolar. They throw to him, like, at least once a game. But – uh. Yeah, they they love the guys that they have here, and they're. It seems like this is this is the team. But, yeah, I mean, I think it like it definitely helps Lamar to know that his defense is going to go out and get stops. It takes so much pressure off of him. Like, at halftime, he can go in the locker room and be like, "All right, didn't look great, but like my defense has my back, and I'm not giving up points on that side of the ball." So, problem is. You hear that this at the week. door? You know who's coming. You know who's coming, right? Uh, I, I, had a, I had a Ravens fan. We were watching the Saturday game, so the, the Bills and Chiefs hadn't played yet. And he was like, you know, I'd rather have the, 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 the Chiefs win. I think I'd rather face the Chiefs in the bank. It's like, you are just asking for a death wish, man. 
<laughs> you are definitely. My, my roommate's a Ravens fan. Said he doesn't think Mahomes is that good. Oh my! What are they doing to themselves? You gotta be. You, you gotta do the opposite. <laughs> don't you understand? Yep. People don't understand. You gotta be. You gotta be scared. You gotta be nervous. Yeah. You gotta be like, we literally have to beat like the best player to step on a field in the last ten years to go to the Super Bowl. That is the task at hand. There's no like, oh, he's coming into Baltimore and not faces defense. Like, no. no. And the defense is scary. It's good. Game. They are the underdogs. Oh, they and oh my god, the it's... fact that they're laying points, pretty crazy to me. I mean, I like, I get it. I guess they're the home team, and like, they've been better all year. But it all flips. I would be so I'd be shitting breaks if I was a Ravens fan. I, this would be worst case scenario, honestly. Besides, I mean, like nothing in the first round really was a bad scenario. So this is like, this is, this is the bad. This is the worst. You don't want to see them. You want to see the Bills, the fraud Allen. You want to see the, the missed, the missed drag route on second down, and the, uh, you want all that. You don't want Mah- He doesn't make mistakes, man. You don't get someone who doesn't make mistakes. Um, <laughs> which is funny. I mean, funny you think stat. About, like. In the last 25 years, like, who are the people that you don't want to play with the Super Bowl on the line? Like, Brady's one. Manning. Mahomes is above Manning. Yeah, at this point. He already has more, or just as many Super Bowls. And honestly, it's sometimes scarier. Like, I mean, when, like, when Brady faced off against Manning, it was a little different because it was, you had Brady on your side, but it was like, he, Brady got him a couple times. I mean, and I guess he got Mahomes every time, but that was Brady that we're talking about. Yeah, but, and every time was twice. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But this isn't, like, this is Lamar Jackson we're talking about, not, not Tom Brady. And we've seen him do it once yeah. against a young team that was happy to be there. So when we do our previews on Friday, as much as we like the Ravens, we got to just be a little wary of who we've bet against, especially not you. Fooled again. Yeah, especially you being fooled twice in a row. I'm, not, I'm not, like, I'm, yeah. Yeah, it was twice in a row. That being said, I think the Ravens can Man, win. what an idiot. Well, I'm, yeah, I mean, they're favored for a reason. <laughs> like, they are, they're objectively the better team. I don't think anyone would say to argue that this Chiefs roster is better. No, definitely not. But I think, like, if things could get tight real quick, I'll say that. It kind of well, felt like they were starting to get They don't get a half. Right. They don't get this first half that they got against the Texans. Yeah. They don't get a half to dilly-dally. They got to be, they got to jump from the start. And this, especially this Ravens team, we know how they've been historically when they don't have a lead. So. Mm-hmm. We they they got to get up early. Yep. All right, we we've already spent excited fifty. Yeah, we, we this Friday episode is gonna be great. Um, we're gonna. We're, I feel like we just did. The Friday I know, I know, I know. Honestly, um, then let's move on from the NFL for now. I think we've recapped all the games. Texans. We are. We talked about every other team that lost basically besides the Bucks, but the Texans. Uh, you know. Happy to be there. You guys are doing well. You guys will be just fine. Yep. Um, all right. Let's move on to my Super Bowl. The, the South Carolina Gamecocks have beat 
Kentucky Wildcats in in men's basketball last night. We got to storm the court. Um, and as we pointed out in text chain, we have flipped seasons in men's basketball. Mm-hmm. We have completely and utterly flipped seasons. Um, I really don't know where, like, do you want me to start anywhere? How, like, how, where, what, do you, what do you want to hear? I want to hear the whole story. Take me to when you first texted me yesterday. Okay, when did I first text you yesterday? Was it like 1 o'clock, you were in class. Okay, yeah. I wasn't able to focus at all in class. I mean, no, nothing was learned yesterday in class. Um, I had class from 11.40 to 4, and then I was going to go, I went to Jersey Mike's, and then I went straight to the line. That was my first blunder. I should have just gone straight to Why the line. Why did you just get food at the game? Because I, I had two hours to wait, and I was starving. So I went to go, I, I got it. I got my mics, went there, and there's, there's four people in front of us. There's two lines, there's two people in one line, or sorry, four people in one line, and then two people in the other. So we go to the line with two people. Both lines, the people in front held it for all their buddies and all their friends. So it just keeps getting fuller and fuller and fuller up in the front. Um, they, the, the cop comes out, who's normally standing by the doors. He's like, everyone line up. Like, how the hell are we supposed to line up in an organized line at this point? We're, the, the, right, the left line that we didn't get in is fine. They're perfectly lined up, but there's probably 11 people from where we would have been sitting in that line. Man, probably like 17 now. And there was a lot of people that skipped line. That, that's basically the gist of this. Uh, they let us all in. It's a we, we get that, in. You're you're a sorry human. You yeah, were doing that at Big Noon. I, and to be fair, like a, po- a couple people jumped up in line with me, so like I wasn't I wasn't gonna be like too. I did say some things and people were mad, but I it was okay. There was no fights. <laughs> I like because people people came out with cameras and like how long have you guys been here? And I was like I've been here since four twenty five. These people have been here since five thirty. They were like say it louder. Say it louder. I was like, I'm, I'm right here. Why do I need to say it louder? <laughs> um, but anywho, we get in. We get to our seats. A sigh of relief is, is here. They finally, they pulled out all the stops, Colonial Life. They, they gave us all towels. Um, they, they told us all to wear black. All the students were wearing black. Students were filling in. Uh, we had a record number of student tickets. It, was, it ended up being 6,008 student tickets. Um, got the arena. Yeah, yeah. It's only eighteen thousand people in the arena, so it's it's a good third of the arena. Um, and then so game starts. I I did some check some some heckling pregame to Big Z. He was very nice. He was a very nice guy. Um, he he couldn't read what was on his shoes though, so I I was asking him the whole the whole pregame what was on his shoes. Uh, he couldn't tell me. Anywho, game starts. We we get up. We're up at halftime. Like we get up. We're up by eight. I'm nervous the whole time. Uh, there's probably seven minutes left. We're up by good, you know, eight nine points. Seems like it's it's pretty wrapped up. If we can just keep this going, um, I got a text from the managers. First of all, I got a text from the managers midway through the day to make sure I was coming to the game. 
course. It's the first person to get a ticket. Um, and then the manager texts me about halftime, and he's like, "If we pull this out, they're good. Like the cops are gonna let us storm. Like it's it's all it's all it's all good to go." So we're up. I mean, like we're up by twelve with like six minutes left. It's pretty much over. Uh, Kentucky, they they couldn't get anything on offense. They scored a hundred points against Georgia. Um, they've had ten people, ten of their players averaged ten points. Not ten, sorry, four of their players averaged ten points and four assists a game. Uh, we held we held them all to like the the highest score was off the bench and he was uh, sixteen points. Uh, we held we held them the best I've ever seen them held anyone and. The energy in that arena, like everyone was there for them to win. No one was there talking about their parlays. No one was talking about like it was all about the game, and it was awesome. It was all worth it. We got to storm the court afterwards. Uh, they put up the rope anyways, though, and I think they tripped like fifteen people doing that. I don't know why they did that. They put up the ropes and then they let us storm. It's like you're just gonna cause more ham by having the the rope went in the middle of the court. Like people were tripping over it. It was it was ridiculous. But uh, maybe just so people didn't go on the court early. Yeah, I guess so. People did go. We were. It was like forty seconds left in the game. We just. It was <laughs> over. It was done. Um. So and that was it. We partied on the floor. Uh, I got some pictures, and um, I've lived heavily, uh, happily ever after after that. And it was an awesome game. Our guard Taylor Cooper, who I was talking about, had a twenty point game. Uh, that dude was a bucket. Like he found, he swam past these people to get layups. You just like literally, it, it was awesome. Um, and we, I think we could have beaten anyone in that arena. We we could have faced UConn, and that place was so loud. Thoughts? Sounds a good team. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you're, like this, I I almost felt like I was like living through you a little bit, like seeing the tweets and stuff and like just remembering what it, what it feels like to be in an arena <laughs> like that. And like that, the feeling when the game is pretty much wrapped up and like, it's not even stressful. It's like a pretty surreal feeling. Oh, I was, like, I was really still stressed. It. Cause you have like, you have time to process like what's happening. And you're like, is this actually happening right now? Oh I, like, yeah. I'm going to be on the floor. Like, we're going to beat, I guess, what were they, number six? Yeah. And it's even better that it's Kentucky, like, because they, like, if it was Bama, it would be, it would be cool. But Kentucky's been the program in the SEC for our whole lifetime mm -hmm. and probably before well, that. And too. the best part about, so, like, that just makes it even sweeter. The best part about the Kentucky part is that there were so many blue fans there. Big Blue was there. There, they, there was, um, they were coming back late in or early in the second, and they were making it a close game. And I think they tied it up, or maybe even got up by one. And there was a "Go Big Blue" chant going throughout the stadium. Um, we immediately scored and started an "F Big Blue" chant throughout the whole stadium. <laughs> um, but they, they, the fans, like there was so much blue there. They and they stayed too. Like they, it was, it was late in the fourth or late in the half, and I was like, "Are they gonna leave?" And I mean, that's what was stressing me out. I was like, "They're not leaving yet. Like this isn't over." They know. Yeah. <laughs> and the we we left like there was a couple plays where we left 
a, a, a shooter wide open and you could see why they scored 100 points every time that they were open mm-hmm. the bucket goes in like they're they don't and they didn't make they made a couple mistakes against us they had a how many turnovers did they end up having they had eight turnovers but that's a low number and this team doesn't make a lot of mistakes so the fact that we were able to to stop that offense like that i think i mean it it it, it lit up lit up the arena I mean, like it shows that that home court matters. Oh yeah, like it's it's hard to win games on the road in college basketball, and it's like it's one of the greatest things to be a part of an atmosphere like that, and just to like it sounds bad, but like making the athletes' lives a living hell for two hours. Oh yeah, and like it's it's on everyone to do it, and like for you to have been going to the game since. Your freshman year like was the COVID year and you had like twelve people in the arena. But then like it opens up, but like your team's not very good. You're still going to every game. Then like the ball starts to get rolling and it's like it's like it all builds up to this moment. Yeah, and the there's been a lot of like cause I like I have been I've been I've been the fan. And like I, it's a little. I don't want to be an ego boot, but like I've I've been there through every iteration of this team so far in the past four years, and uh, I've seen the tremendous lows that this team has gone through. Um, and like the, I saw a picture today, and it was like, if you build it, they'll come. And I was thinking, like you know, it's it's all about the team building. And it's like you know, I don't want to make this. It's not. It's not about me. And it's not. And this is going to sound egotistical, but like. Yeah, like when I was there, I was one out of like eight students at the game. I was one out of like twenty mm-hmm. students at the game. Like, I would go to games where I'd show up an hour early, and there would be no one sitting next to me for the next two hours until the game started. Um, and just to see it finally come into fruition, and everyone to storm the court, um, it was it was great to see. Almost like I, I was almost like I shouldn't be getting some like some VIP here. Like, come on, like let me get, let me storm the court first or something, <laughs> you know. Um, but I'm, I'm glad I've been, I've been always, I've been a supporter of this team. I'm glad I'm not a fair weather fan that is, uh, that only shows up to the big games and it makes those moments sweeter where I'm sure everyone who was there just for the game had a great time rushing the court, but, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't the same in watching a a two and 12 team in the SEC every year. Yeah. And then I, I got a, what? Oh, God. I was just gonna say, no, no, go ahead, finish. I uh, and that's that's really. I mean, like, I got no complaints about this game. I'm sure they're. I, I'm sure we'll have a, a an annoying loss within the next couple of games, but uh, they got another game on on Saturday. I sadly will not be there because I have a water polo tournament in UNCW. But hopefully, hopefully the fans show playing? out as much. Uh, we're playing UNCW Duke. I think VT. Oh, I meant the basketball team. Oh, Mizzou. So we took care of Mizzou. We took care of Mizzou in Mizzou. So hopefully this should be a layup. But yeah, well, I will say that when when we beat Purdue last year, who was number three, there was there was a hangover game for the crowd. Yeah, we played Minnesota next, and it was like it, it might have been the least attended game since November. Oof. Yeah, everyone I mean, was just like, all right, <laughs> we did it, and then, and then, like the next game, everyone was back. But 
like having a, a soft opponent come after that it was definitely like and it was like six days later but that's what i attributed god i had something i was gonna say but i am totally blanking on it um i guess that means it's not that important but it, it was it was an awesome night in columbia it was a great night for for anyone who's followed basketball like what in the like going to the bathrooms and go into the concession stands. Never seen it that full, ever. It was ridiculous. The lines were long. And the best part was walking past all these old men who were in their, like their polos yeah. or their, then they're just like, man, I can't believe like these, these guys can really, really play, I guess. And it's like, man, like, like they, they, <laughs> they, they, like this is one of the, this is a program winning, like this is a program changing win, I think, for this team. Because mm-hmm. South Carolina's never, like, the best part about it is the last court storm. What? When was the last? I mean, when we didn't. Last, last time we beat Kentucky at home, they didn't even let us storm. So I have no idea when the last court storm was. Um, they, they. This is a this is a win that gets us national attention, which South Carolina doesn't mm-hmm. get very often. And I think that was the most important part about it was that like Phil, uh, our coaches on Phil. Fonburn, whatever his name is today. Um, fine bomb. Yeah, fine bomb. The, all the all the college basketball accounts, Bleacher Reports tweeting about us. Like that's the type of shit I mm. love. Where it's like the world gets to see the South Carolina basketball team that I've been watching this whole time. <clears throat> yeah, yeah it's cool. beautiful. Sports are beautiful. And it is. Yeah, it is beautiful. Um. So as. As John Rothstein would say, it is only January. Yes. So yes. No, this what is happens next. What happens next? Uh, I think they've put themselves in a position where um, I have to see what their overall SEC standings are. I think they're four and one. But if they end up going four and two, they end up, you know, going 500 the rest of the way in the SEC. I think we I think we locked ourselves into a tournament spot. You're gonna have an opportunity to get another big win too. Yeah, we have we have at Tennessee, Tennessee at Tennessee, Auburn uh, at. Sadly, Tennessee. The next two big games are at Tennessee and at Auburn. But we have Old Miss come to town on mm. next Tuesday. Uh, that'll be not a big big game, but it'll be a like they were the 22 ranked team at some point. So that'll be a a, a big win. Uh, LSU comes to town. That's always oh, something. Yeah, Florida comes to beard. town. That's always something. Um, and then Tennessee comes right in the middle of our spring break, which I've already mentioned, but right. so tragic. But yeah, I mean, I think this team, like maybe I'm being way too optimistic, but I think this team is, that, that win kind of locks up, hopefully, uh, an NCAA tournament spot, even if it's an 11th seed, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just get in. Yep. That's another thing that like changes the program, just to say that you're going to the tournament. Oh yeah, like, and the fact that this is this is Lamont's <laughs> second year, the second year. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, he's yeah. You can't. You couldn't say that they're not ahead of schedule. No, no, definitely not. And the and to have this team be a bunch of transfers too, like Jacoby Wright's been here, Michi was here last year, but the guy BJ Mack, Taylor Cooper, Josh Gray. Josh Gray, he was a beast. 
He was a beast this game. Uh, yeah, and after I w- let me get two seconds on Josh Gray. He had four, maybe five missed free throws against Georgia, which were very costly, and uh, the crowd was not in his favor. But he got Josh Gray chance in the stadium. Okay, during yeah. this game, so he got himself back. Uh, I mean, he had nine points, six rebounds, and they were he got some dunks. He dunked on Big Z, uh, and he a- he actually made a couple free throws. So he he played well. Uh, Jacoby, I mean, this whole team played well. Fantastic. Can't complain. All right, what about Maryland? Broken. Broken. Did you guys have another heartbreaker? Uh, I think I'm making a health decision tonight. Oh. So... I don't know if we talked about the Northwestern game, did we? Yeah. I think we did. Yeah, because we Cause watched right, it. Because you watched it. Yeah. Um, I said we watched it. You Michigan watched State, it. They're, we're, we're down 12 at halftime. Also, I went through hell and back to get to this game because it was freezing outside, and I was meeting my younger sister. We're going to the game together because none of my friends were, were back, and – uh, she got caught in traffic getting onto campus. I was just like waiting in the parking lot in the freezing cold. Oh. And eventually I just like hopped on a scooter and went up. But I was outside for like at least 30, 40 minutes in the 20 degree weather, like dying. It was horrible. I like tried to run inside to an academic building at one point just to warm up. They're all locked. Oh. So that was the start. And then I get to the arena and like the game's already started. It's, it was a noon game. And I just kind of park it at the top of the wall. Um, and they just like, they look so bad. I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, I just spent all this time getting up here just to watch this terrible basketball team. They can't get a stop. They can't score a basket. There's the halftime down 12. And then like immediately they're back, like eight Oh run right at the start of the second half. Um, but again, it's like they have four people that are going to score every game and that's it. Um, they get back into the game. Like Jameer's getting buckets. Dante Scott's playing well. Reese down low. That's it. Like no one else contributes. So, uh, it's like back and forth the last ten minutes of the game, maybe even longer than that. Like it, it was never more than a three point game. It felt like Michigan State. It's a huge three to go up four. Jameer comes right back with a three of his own to make it a one point game. They get the ball back with like. What's a shot clock? Is it 30 seconds? 30 right? seconds. So they get the ball back with like 37, 38 seconds. And Willard chooses not to foul, which I liked. Like, your defense has played really well in the second half. You got gaps in the first half, but like, just nutted up in the second half. Um, and we're getting stops when they needed them. And they get a stop. Uh, they actually gave up an open look, and the guy just missed it. But, so now there's seven seconds left. We have the ball down a point, and again, like, Willard, no timeout. Like, Jameer is just going to run up and go score. I was like, yes. Like, and it, this is all happening so quickly, right? Because there's no timeouts, there's no fouls, which was beautiful. <laughs> he runs up the floor. And I'm assuming his idea was he was going to, like, he was full steam ahead, had two guys on him. I'm assuming he was going to pull back, shoot a three, to go for the win. Or no, yeah, they were down two. He's going to go for the win. Uh, they tripped and fell. Oh, 
and the ball went out of bounds. Oh. Just like that. This is, this all happened in, in 35 seconds. Like, and if you if you include the two three pointers too, this is all in the last minute. It's bang three pointer, bang three pointer, defensive stop, and then that possession at the end. And it was like, that I when I was talking about if I was a Bills fan, I would have just sat there and stared. Like that's I couldn't move for a few seconds. I could not accept that that's how that ended, especially after Wednesday night, last Wednesday Man. night when he had the ball against Northwestern. I mean, at least he got a shot off in that game, but I couldn't believe that that shot didn't go in. And then for just the to not fall. get a shot off was was so terrible. And he like he went down, and he was on the ground for like thirty seconds, just like face down. And then like I think at least three of our guys were either on the floor or like in the crouching position with their heads down. And I was like, man, because they are like say what you want about like, how poorly they've played this year, but they, you can't say that they don't, like, go out and bust their ass every game. Yeah. And they miss a lot of threes, but, like, they're always going to hustle. Like, they're always going to fight on the glass. Um, You know that you're getting your all every single possession, which is why, like, I still have faith in Willard because I know that his guys want to play for him. And, like, he's going he's gonna to at least get that out of them. Um, and just seeing that after that game, and that was like that was a must win, because now you're three and five. Now you're you're probably shot from the tournament unless you go on a crazy run. Um, you know whose fault this is? Yeah, it was tough. But, this is Hunter Dickinson's fault. No, I don't want to. <laughs> He's soft too. Like he wouldn't even fit on this team. He wouldn't want. Oh, okay, my bad. But. <laughs> Uh, what was I gonna say? I got me thinking about things. They're like zero and five in one possession games. That's tough. You like the they Vikings lost to Davidson, or I guess the opposite. Or the opposite of the yeah. They lost to Davidson by three. I think UAB by three. Northwestern by one. Michigan State by two. There's one other one. Escaping me. But, yeah, it's a brutal, brutal stat to just lose every single close game. And there's definitely, like, there is an aspect of luck to that. And I'm not saying that, like, if they were, they weren't unlucky that they would be good, because I don't think this is a very good basketball team. But it's a team that can at least be interesting. Like you said the other night, that after that Northwestern game, at least, at least you know that the, the team is for real. And, like, I... I it sounds cheesy, but I feel like a sense of pride watching them because I'm like, at least they're like, they're my shitty team. Like, I know that they're, I know that they're out there working. And that's like Willard, every post-game press conference, he would just be like, look, like, these guys are working hard. We're just not winning games right now, but like, it's going to come. And I don't know if it is going to come or not, but uh, I feel bad for Jameer. I the been putting the team on his back and can't win games. You got a thin team. You know you need a lot of guys to play in college basketball. You need a lot of guys that can that can get their their self a bucket. Um, and I I think you're in the position that that South Carolina was last year, a little bit where 
you have some some lingering guys from the the older regimes. You have some younger guys that Willard just brought in, and mm-hmm. they they need to just keep getting Willard classes, and they they need to do a little better on the transfer portal. And you, I know you got you talked about the three point shooter that has not played whatsoever this season that you guys got from the transfer. Yeah, program. I don't know how much he he changes, but at least he's a guy that can score, according to his other. Transfer he's programs. a warm body. Yeah, exactly. So, I just think a couple more transfers, a couple more recruiting classes. Let the let the freshmen get in their own. I think you guys will be all right. But it is you're right. It's sad freshmen that freshmen need time. Oh freshmen yeah, need time. It is sad, though, that uh, Jameer Young, he's done after this year, right? Or does he have another year of eligibility? Yeah. No, this is last year. That is sad. So it is, yeah, it's a bummer for him to go out like that. Yeah, that is, that is sad. Well, so tonight against Iowa, any hope? It starts in five minutes. Oh, yeah, this is a, I think this is a follow on my phone game. I don't know if I can I do it. I just I can't handle it right now. I need a, a break. Yeah, I get that. All right. These last two games, like, I I wouldn't wish one of those games on my Wednesday. <laughs> two of them back to back. All right. So I say to fill out Friday's pod, we'll do the NBA then. I think this is a good place to wrap it up. Okay. We're good. Uh, we're good. Hour and 17. I think we ended up where it needs to end. Uh, I'm sorry about your Maryland team. I wish I could share the joy. I wish I could. Share I didn't mean to turn that into like a sob story. No, no, it's okay. It's not that deep. No, it's okay. <laughs> but I mean, we were talking about how how important sports are, and you know, wanted to give you my my condolences. That's right. Yeah, I guess that. So, <laughs> but thank you all for listening. We're gonna have NBA the trade the Terry Rozier trade Doc Rivers signing that'll be moved to Friday's pod. Damn. Talk, yeah. There's like actual NBA news. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. No, there's some NBA stuff we actually got to do. So do that on Friday. Sorry if that's what you were looking forward to, but show got too long, man. Got to do what you got to do. <laughs> Thank you all for listening, though. See everyone on Friday.